fearless and successful podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach, activator of human potential, and freedom architect, I have one mission with this podcast to inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, fearless people. We are tuning in from Stockholm as usual, and we have a lady from Texas. It's warm and hot, not only in Texas, but also in Sweden, you guys. And this is going to be a hot conversation. So Dr. Cassandra Leclerc, thank you so much for joining me. I am so grateful for you taking the time and you're really giving your insights and your wisdom to, to my audience. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could connect. Yeah, super fun. Um, I'm going to kick it off with uh, an intro. I know this is boring, but guys, uh, keep it up with me so you know who I have pleasure to connect and who you have a pleasure to listen. So Dr. Cassandra Leclerc is a communications and relationship expert, motivator, author, and podcaster. With a PhD in communication studies, specializing in women's and gender studies, Cassandra is an expert on communicating feelings, setting boundaries, and improving connections. She enables high-achieving women to gain an understanding of their identity and communication practices to improve their relationships with friends and family in the workplace and beyond. I think this is such a, um, I think now nowadays with high achieving women and I had the privilege to work with, with many and also in my networks, um, I think because we aim, where I want to go with this, we, we aim to kind of uh, get into this, oh, we are worthy. We women are claiming our space in the world. And like, we have so much to give and we want to prove ourselves in the society that we can claim the throne. We oftentimes forget not only about nurturing ourselves, but also the most important relationships. What is your take on working with, with women and high achieving women? And why have you decided to, to, to work that work? <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting, the work that I'm doing with the women, especially in my groups and coaching, it, it was something that came out organically from those conversations I was having, just like you said, with your friends, with your network, with the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And I think, especially over the last few years, as things have shifted for people, women have always historically taken on many, many roles. We've always been societally conditioned to be the caretakers and to make sure everyone else is you know, managed before we think about ourselves. So really kind of the overwhelm of the uncertainty of everything that's happened, coupled with changes in workplace and homeschooling kids and all of these things, it brought a lot of people to this state on the verge of burnout. 
on this or feeling stuck. You know, I talk to a lot of women too, who look at their lives and they say, you know, I have everything I wanted. I have everything I've worked hard for. So why am I miserable or why am I anxious every day? Or why am I so stressed? So really for me, and I feel that I have felt that at many different times in my life. So for me, it was really like, okay, I have felt this. I have some expertise with my education. I've helped my students with some of these things. How can I help these other individuals who really have all the tools and resources within them, but they just need, you know, kind of a container or permission or a space to really feel supported so they can understand how to regain some control when everything else feels like it's all over the place. Mm, yes, for sure. For sure. Um, you mentioned that you also been there and that is so, so important for, for me and, and for everyone who is listening that we actually are providing the solution through our own transformation. Do you mind sharing your own stories, like how you overcome some of these adversities and setbacks in your own life? Absolutely. Um, you know, my story has a lot of twists and turns as most people's do. I am a communication studies professor, as you said. So I went to school to use, um, you know, to help other people learn how to communicate, to help other people understand how to use their voices and communicate authentically. And that really comes out of a place of, I didn't know how to do that for myself. So um, I'm actually a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. I endured that for several years growing up, but I never talked about it. I never told anyone. Instead, I decided that none of that was going to matter. And I was going to prove to everyone how awesome I could be. And I was going to just go forward and never let that be part of me. So I, I went through my life kind of divorcing myself from the idea that that had anything to do with who I was. And instead just dove into school, dove into all of these other things. And it wasn't until um, about four years ago now, I had done all of these different things, had this wonderful career, had had many setbacks along the way. I have lupus. So there's a big period of time where I was on disability because I was very sick, but I went back to work. You know, So my whole life is this story of like trauma or crisis, overcoming it, trauma or crisis, overcoming it. But about four years ago, my family was hit by a drunk driver. And after that, we walked away with minor physical injuries. But what that crash did is it sent me spiraling back to this place where all of these memories and things from childhood that I'd kind of buried deep inside that I decided didn't matter, I couldn't keep them inside anymore. It was as though they were just flooding back and coming right to the surface and I had to deal with them or I wasn't going to be able to function. So I guess the big thing for me, that catalyst, that crash was the catalyst to really go back and to understand how some of the coping mechanisms and some of the patterns that I created after my abuse were really impacting me now in a negative way. And throughout that process, I journaled a lot. Of course, being at the university, I had access to a lot of research, research libraries. I know how to do that for my training. So I really just dug in to try to understand myself, you know, like what is happening to me? Why do I feel these things? What's going on? And after I had gone through the majority of these memories that were coming up and really written about them, I went back and I read my journals. And as I was reading them, these different themes would come up. And so I even got out highlighters, like I'm a researcher, you know, just like I was at school 
And I started highlighting them and keeping track of these themes and basically coding my journals. And what I realized then is these themes were my coping mechanisms. So for example, one of my themes was that I sought external validation because I had no internal self-worth. You know, another one of my themes was I was always people pleasing because I was worried about what other people would think of me. So really being able to look at all of these, these behavioral things that I was doing in my life that were created from the space, you know, in childhood of just trying to manage and get through. But then now decades later, understanding that those were also the things that were keeping me in this anxious state inside, you know, even as everything externally looked perfect and successful and happy or what have you. So I took those, those journals and that's what I made into a book. And that's what my book is. And the only reason I did that is because I, I knew that I was not the only person who was experiencing things like this. And I wanted to be able to showcase to others that they can really overcome a lot just by understanding how their experiences have shaped them. Wow. I just want to thank you for, for sharing that. And, um, I can so resonate with, with many of the things that you just said. Can you tell me, or can you go more into the, what you said about external validation and how you, what are the practices for you that you developed? Um, and maybe you are using that in your work with women, because I know that for me, the, the, uh, the external validation really came from all the titles, all the achievements. Uh, I'm a middle child. I'm an immigrant kid. It was right. It was like, oh, all these checklists, like all these titles, achievements, uh, certifications. Mm-hmm. At one point, I realized none of that matters, like really. But it took me 40 years to realize that. What were some of the things that you would recommend and also women who are listening and maybe they're like just, you know, piling all this stuff, mm-hmm. um, how to actually be okay with who you are like internally and really embrace the the inner child and the... Mm-hmm. the... A lot of it is trying to pause, you know, right now we're so busy going back from thing to thing. And again, a lot of times for women, we have multiple roles. So that feels natural. You know, we don't realize how busy we are. So in order to kind of ask myself what was important, though, I had to step back. I had to say, okay, what aligns with your values? Where are these needs coming from? And it is my instinct, especially because I want to help people and I want to do things. It's always my instinct to say yes. It's not an instinct to say no. So really, you know, when it presented with an opportunity, when thinking about the next thing I want to do, making myself stop and stop that initial gut reaction pausing, even sometimes I have to put rules on myself, which sounds silly, I know, but you know, saying, okay, you won't respond to that for 24 hours or give yourself a night to sleep on that. And kind of allowing my brain and my body, my nervous system, everything to tone it down a notch and to ask, to really ask, okay, why do you want to do this thing? What value does it bring to your life? What energy is behind that? You know, how much time is that going to take? Because a lot of times too, we say yes to things or we get excited about an achievement or an event or something, but we don't recognize the energetic load that goes behind that. You know, how, what, what, what does that really take in terms of effort from you? So, you know, a lot of my achievements, like you said, some of that is because I wanted to prove to other people that I was good enough, but the only person I needed to really prove that to is myself, Right. 
So, so really, again, why do I want these achievements? What is the importance behind them? Is it a title? Okay, well, that's just my ego then. You know, <laughs> what, what, what does that really look like? And if it's a title because it makes you feel good and that's your ego, that doesn't mean like, oh, now I shouldn't want that. It's okay to also recognize that that's what it might be for you and understand where these different things come in. But I think, again, so often we're just in that kind of, rabbit, you know, rabbit hole, the gerbil wheel, what I don't know the right phrase right now, you know, the rat race that we're just going, going, going. Um, and so I think it's important to just ask yourself why sometimes. Wow. I love this. Well, how you actually framed it. Um, it is okay to want something, but also be aware of why you want it. Um, because sometimes it's like, oh, maybe and this is the, the thing I think it's also part of the conditioning like sometimes we want this because we our mentor said that. I know that for me like it was like my mentor said to get this thing or my coach said this or my partner said this or even my kids said you know and then it's like what is actually true for myself like why do I want this right um is that actually my desire um and if it is just for the sake of the title just own that. I think that, that was like really, really good. Um, right. And that's okay. I think too. And, and also being okay with if the things that you want don't line up with what somebody else wants for you or somebody else's ideas, like you said, and it can be really hard, especially if you are trying to move up to the next level in your job, or you're trying to, you know, do something personally that accelerates you we're kind of in this space of seeking the next thing, right? You know, oh, the next thing that's going to get us there, the next tool that's going to help us be more organized, the next thing that's going to simplify our life. So we can get really caught up in that too. And it's just important to, again, ask, I, I ask myself why a lot, you know, I treat myself like I'm that two-year-old who's like, why, why, why <laughs> I do that to myself really because so often I have been on autopilot. And really, for me, that's a way to ground myself and get back to, okay, why? Where's your center? What is important to you? What is that? How does this align with your values? How is this checking a box toward a goal or whatever it is, right? But in relationship to me and not about what other people want for me or what other people expect of me. Yeah, I, lo I love this. And I want to go back to, because we are talking and we are actually, you're working with high achieving women. Mm -hmm. And for me, how I understand and what I know to be true is that we always want, what, what you were saying, like the next step, the next step, the next thing that will make it easier. We always want to kind of optimize our performance. But at one point we actually hit that plateau where, there's nothing to optimize. It's, it's, it's a burnout. It's like, how do we prevent that? Yeah. I mean, I went through a big space. It was in January, just of this last year where I was ready to burn it all to the ground. You know, I was like, I just cannot anymore. I, I feel it. I feel it. I, like, seriously. Yeah. And yeah. some of that for a lot of people, again, there's just more and more ratcheting up in the world around us. So the normal things that we've been managing feel more intense too. So some of the things that we can do to help prevent us from getting to that burnout state, you know, a lot of it does start with identifying places you can have better boundaries. 
And, you know, one of the things with boundaries, the reason I love to teach about them is because they have been very difficult for me. I've had to work at them. So not only again, personally, but this is why I've dug into it professionally and researched them and tried to figure them out. Because I think, especially for women, because we, again, have been conditioned to be the nurturer, the people pleaser, a lot of times the reason we don't set boundaries is because we don't want to upset somebody else, or we're worried about how that relationship will go or what they're going to think about us. So that goes back to overextending ourselves or maybe saying yes to things we shouldn't or really doing things that we don't have to do sometimes too. So, you know, one big way to prevent burnout is to take a look at where your boundaries are and are you setting them? But again, for most people, we don't always know where a boundary is until it's been crossed, you know? So that's why boundaries are hard too. You know, I'd love to just know them all, but it's you. Yeah, it's you know what after- you said because people get kind of a, oh, but I, w- I want to set my boundaries, but I d- don't even know what they are. And this is an important thing because sometimes we are not even aware of one thing that I noticed. Um, one, who are you setting boundaries with? I think like sometimes people get this so wrong because it's like, I'm going to set boundaries with everyone. (laughs) Like, and they're like people who you don't need to set boundaries with. Like it's, you know, but it's like the, the inner circle. And sometimes it's also the, the people who value you for who you are, they will understand your boundaries. And the Mm -hmm. first, even if it's like, oh, now I need to set boundaries with my inner circle. If they are true inner circle and they are there for you, no matter what, they will understand. And you're also setting the example. You're actually modeling the thing that you, that is a healthy thing. It's nothing like, oh, now you're setting boundaries. Who who are you? Like you're you're a bitch. No, this is a healthy way to do life. And I just want to bring that to attention because it's so, so important. And that was what you're saying. Like it's, it hits me hard because I had none, like until, until my divorce last year, like I had none, nothing, zero. I was people pleasing. Everyone came before me, everyone (laughs) and everything. Mm -hmm. And that just gets us so depleted. And, you know, we can sustain that over time, but then if you really take a step back, you know, you can start to see your little frustrations come in areas of resentment, the ways that maybe conflict is there or ways that you maybe don't feel as connected to people. And the thing too, about boundaries is those also go back to your needs. You know, they go back to your goals and that's why it's hard for us to set boundaries a lot of times, because if you haven't thought about what you really need or why you want the boundary, then it's harder to stand by it. You know, it's harder to articulate that to somebody and not that you have to explain everything to anyone else by any means, but you being okay with it and you understanding why helps you be more solid in expressing that to somebody else, right? Because one of the things that's hard with boundaries too, like you said, we want to go out then and set all these boundaries. And I actually do not recommend that. (laughs) What I recommend is that you start very small. You have to baby step this, you know, start small with something that feels safe to you. Practice with a few friends, especially if it's something in a bigger relationship for you or a recurring thing that's come up. Because if you go out there and you just set the biggest boundary and you're so firm with it, a lot of times what happens is you might get pushed back from people or it might not, it might not work out the way you envisioned it. And so then you'll have frustration or guilt or shame, or you'll decide you're bad at boundaries or whatever it is. Right. 
So it's much better to kind of start with the things that you know you can stand by. Start with some things where you're like, okay, this is going to feel good. This is a boundary win. This is how I'm going to go forward and use that to help you build your confidence too. And, you know, a big thing that I have to remind myself of this too, is that other people's reactions to your boundaries are their feelings. And it is not your job to manage anyone else's feelings. That is their job. So we don't have to change and bend and forego our boundaries because somebody might get upset or what have you. Instead, we have to learn to deal with the fact that they're upset and manage that for ourselves, right? But so often if we've caused you know, frustration or sadness or if somebody guilts us or if they push back against us, we bend, right? And we're like, oh, okay. And then later on, we're upset with ourselves. So I really ask people, and again, I have to ask myself this, why are you okay with harming yourself? Why are you so okay with saying yes to everyone else at the expense of yourself? And that goes back to that self-worth and that value. Okay, I have to stop this. I have to value myself enough that my feelings and my needs are what I'm going to stand by and let other people manage their frustrations or their anger or whatever, right? So it's it's a lot of inner work. It sounds so easy when I when you see these things on social media, just set boundaries. It's like, uh. Yeah, I wish it were that simple. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, when you were, like, talking, I, I, literally the thought popped into my mind. I was like, this sounds so easy, but in reality, it's not. So, like, it's not like that. It's a, it is inner work. And um, it takes a lot of, I think, courage to maybe awareness like what do you actually need and want and then the courage to communicate that and mm -hmm. um and one of the things that you also like work with is that identity I think more you are in tune with that what you want and what are your desires more you can shape that purest more most authentic identity of yourself and that will essentially attract the right people who will respect mm -hmm. that right Absolutely. And the reason the identity piece is so important to me, you know, I've been very fortunate. It started these classes at the university that I was able to teach. So I've seen thousands of students do this work with me. Right. And the most amazing thing from it is bringing it back to that self-awareness, you know, increasing your emotional intelligence, learning about your conflict style, learning about your emotional upbringing. You're basically taking all this data from your life, all your lived experiences, and then looking, okay, how do I show up as a result of all these things? And how can I then use my information about myself and my awareness of myself to communicate in a way that's really uh, reflective of who I am? How can I ask other people to communicate back to me so that I feel seen, heard, and loved? And a lot of times, again, when we're in this space, we haven't thought about these things. You know, we've kind of lived our life and we've been communicating with people and been in relationships. So we've never really stopped to ask ourselves, you know, what does this look like for me? What, what do I really want here? How would I express this? What are my preferences? And the self-awareness piece then too, a lot of it is letting go of some of that shame or guilt or blame for the times when you haven't shown up the way you want to. You know, and for instead of then beating yourself up for those things, being able to look back and say, okay, 
in this situation, this always triggers me, or in this topic of conversation, I get really frustrated or with this person over here, I turn into somebody completely different. And again, rather than shaming yourself for those things, using those um, things as, you know, learning tools. Okay. What might that be then for me? What is it? And not, you know, just villainizing the other person, even though other people have all sorts of issues too, we all do, but understanding what you can do about it. If it's something that's bothersome to you, you know, or if it's an area that really is coming up routinely for you. And again, it, it can be hard to do those things because we don't want to kind of pull the curtain back on the ways where we self-sabotage or the ways where we need to change our habits a little bit. Um, but in doing so, I think the more you do it as well, it becomes powerful because it's no longer like, oh gosh, I did that. I'm a terrible person. It's like, oh, okay, I did that. But watch me take a piece of information from that experience and use it to be better in the future. I think that feels amazing. You know, like I'm conquering all these levels within myself somehow. Yeah. And that is a huge piece of, of, I think, advice here, which I would love for everyone to take an audit on, on their life. Like, because sometimes with, with that grace, like if you did something that was not as good as you thought it's going to be, or you got a feedback or whatever that is, like making sure that you have so much grace and compassion towards yourself and taking that piece, because that is in the past, it's already done. Like you cannot um, change that, but what you can do with that awareness, you you can make sure that the next step is going to be um, better. And I think we, we rush through this life with, without doing that and that is the work <laughs> that is. really is the work like it's not the next thing that you're gonna learn but actually unlearning from your past like really what are the things that I need to unlearn and what are the things that I need to take that there were good and positive experiences and I love how you actually bring the identity piece of everything that all of these things that are like everything that is showing up in our life, how are we taking responsibility of it? Um, so good, so good. <laughs> so many nuggets. And I love how you obviously have so, such a massive knowledge in this and so much wisdom and it's just such a flow. I, I, I wish we would have like more time to, to go into this because I'm so inspired. I'm super excited and I see the, the benefit of your work. Um, Thank you. What I would love to actually, yeah, where I want to go, I want to ask you one of the things that, that we ask all of our guests, and it's, um, you obviously overcome some of the adversities and setbacks in your life, and that's why you are an expert in the field that you are. What would you say was one of the things that you feared that you needed to overcome, and now when you look back, it's like, wow, I'm so glad that I did it because it got me to where I am today. You know, I I think the biggest fear for me was being able to acknowledge, acknowledge my past, acknowledge my abuse. And that doesn't mean that you have to go shout it from the rooftops and tell everyone it wasn't about some public declaration, but it was an acknowledgement like for myself. Um, one of the things, so on, on the cover of my book, it's a bowl and it's Kintsuji pottery. And what that is, is it's pottery that's been broken and put back together with gold. 
And as I was going through all of my different traumas throughout life, you know, I would heal them. I would have one more thing. I would heal it. I would have one more thing. And I finally said, I was tired of putting all the pieces back together and being halfway healed. And I wanted to be whole. And I think that really understanding the fact that if you push these pieces aside, whatever they are for you, they don't go away. They keep coming up in different ways and kind of poking you or they manifest into something that you don't recognize anymore. So even though it was the hardest thing I ever had to do to really confront some of these things, it's also brought me the greatest peace because I understand how these things kind of fit into my story and they don't make me who I am. You know, I was already who I was supposed to be before those things. So even that, having that awareness and having that power. And I think that again, it's scary. And I really want to encourage people when you're doing these things, you can't beat yourself up if it feels hard or if you don't want to, or if sometimes you have setbacks because it is a process. Anytime you're letting go of something that's been really difficult for you or working to overcome, it absolutely is a process that you're never really going to be done with. But the doing of it, the doing of that work is where that healing and transformation comes into. Oh, I love this so much. And I was like, there's a book uh, be- behind you. And I'm like, I wonder if that's her book. Like, and I was like, the- I love the title, Being Whole. When I was going through, I actually did not know that I was abused as a child because it was such a trauma. And I kind of, um, I deleted it from my awareness. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when I did... Um, healing work which which then my friend actually reminded me of something that's really tied to to your book um when I got through that and it was beautiful session that not got me into the pain but actually like really remember I remember that I am whole um and I am not broken because of that because I always believed that love doesn't come to me because of that or whatever the story that I bought into but then my friend said to me, D, you know, you're never actually healing. You are holding. <laughs> you're always coming back to you, right? The the whole being that you are. And, and I was like, oh, wow. We always talk about like healing and growing in, in our personal development work. But it's actually like that remembrance that you are always whole. Yeah. And I love the title of the book. And, I, and, and I, guys, we're going to um put the link into a show notes and I would really I'm definitely gonna read that book because it, it's so the just the, the title and your story is so inviting and I, and I want to hear your story how you overcome the that and um yeah being whole 100 I love it thank you oh, thank you thank you so much for sharing this this definitely hit home um if people want to obviously like book, we're going to put that and also want to connect with you on socials. What, what is the best way to connect on Instagram at Dr. Cassandra LeClaire. And you can also, I have a free guide on my website that is um, I know you're going to link that in the show notes as well, but it's a 30 ways to say no without guilt. Wow. So it goes back to some of those boundary things we were talking about. Cause I think it's hard, you know, 30 ways. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, and again, 
connect with me, reach out. The reason I do this work is because I know how helpful it is, not only for me personally, but for other people I've seen, but I also know it's not easy. Mm -hmm. So I think that the more you can have a support system with people you follow on social media or listening to podcasts like this, like that's really how we kind of all heal together too and, and become whole together, like you were saying. Yeah, wow, love it. So we're gonna link all the social media um and also the guide and for people who are already i think i think this is the key like some people already know that they are there and they need help and they resonated with your message what would that step look like for them i do group coaching programs and i keep them very small you know like 10 people wow and the reason i do that is you know i've had bigger classes of course at being at the university but i like the smaller containers because I want people to feel secure in talking about things. So we do once weekly Zoom calls and then we have a bunch of, you know, it's workbooks, it's reflections, it's really trying to get to those understanding some of those pieces. And usually my favorite is to do 12 weeks. Sometimes we do eight weeks, but really, you know, it, I try to work with people's lifestyles too, because people are very busy, the people that I work with as well. But the thing that's so amazing for me in these group classes that we've done, and I'm working on getting some that are just evergreen on my website for people too, because as a learner, I actually really like that. I like to just go do it by myself. Yeah, your <laughs> so own pace. I, wow. Yeah, right, for sure. my own pace or at three in the morning or whatever it is. But the, the thing I like about these spaces is so much of it is you can do all of this work on your own, but then you also have this container of support of other people who you can just say things and it's yeah. never going to come back like that you have to worry about it or you're hearing about other people's experiences. So you can also understand what that might look like for you. Mm. So I really, you know, the classes, I, I call them group coaching programs, but for me, they're really more like these classes that we all do together. And I also love them because I do the work right beside you, you know, and that's why my life has exponentially gotten better every single year because I do this work and I dig in. I'm not just giving you things that I don't believe in. So yes, obviously you can tell I get really excited about it. And I'd love to, if anyone wants to work with me or wants to know more about what that look like, looks like, just send me a message. I'm happy to chat with you too. Wow, super cool. Yeah, it's, uh, you guys, if if you don't hear the passion in her voice, uh, I see it. So definitely she transcends that. Um, and your mission is so beautiful. I think it's so important. The, the work that you do, it's so important. Um, is there any last piece of advice or something that I forgot to ask you and you were like, it's a burning desire. Want to share this, D. <laughs> Let me speak. <laughs> no, we had such a great conversation. Yeah. You know, the, that's the thing is this is always an evolving conversation too. So as people are going through things, just again, be curious. Like you were saying, be curious about things. Don't look at what's happening to you and assume that it's something you can't overcome. And there are so many tools and resources out there. And that's really what I want to do is I want people just to keep having a bigger toolbox because we're, you're going to have crisis. You're going to have stress. You're going to have another thing. That's just life. So if we can keep building our toolbox, then when we're going through these things, we have multiple ways that we can keep ourselves whole, like you're saying. I love that. And sometimes people, especially people who are listening to this and kind of are in this personal development, I want to really tell you this. If I never said this, I'm going to say it now. The inner work is always 
the work <laughs> and it never goes away it never goes away you guys like it's it doesn't matter how much work you did life will always be there and life is always happening for us and uh, it's so important to to be sharp and to be always on that um to be able to respond to life in a way that it's nurturing and in a way that it's really good for your soul um and it's not like kind of a reaction of everything that it's happening out there but it's really like a response a healthy response and more you like what i love what you said like really building that toolbox um it's so so essential mm -hmm. thank you so much for this um i really loved our conversation and uh yeah i'm looking forward to to read the book and um wow so thank you i'm really glad i got to be here it was really nice to just talk with you about all of these things Thank you so much and hope to speak to you soon. Ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs>Thank you so, 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 so much, you beautiful soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know you could be doing a gazillion other things, and I don't take this lightly. I really, truly, deeply appreciate your time and your support. And if you love this episode, please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. Let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device, which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I'm sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer. Mwah.